0: you are locked on magic your daily podcast on the orlando magic part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and you are indeed locked on magic today is august 22nd 2017 my name is phil brosmerich i'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com Hope everyone had a happy Monday. They got some time to go outside, check out the Eclipse. Honestly, one of the coolest things I have ever seen and witnessed. Uh, In Orlando, we got about 80% uh, coverage on the Eclipse. It was so cool. Uh, We got our glasses down at the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. And a big big Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic shout-out to the Orlando Science Center, which was always my favorite museum as a kid. Uh, haven't been in a long time. I need to go. I- I'll go. I promise Science Center, I'll go. Uh, but big shout out to the Orlando Science Center and the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts for putting on a great solar eclipse watch party all day Monday, all afternoon Monday. Got my glasses Monday afternoon. That's why you didn't see very much on Orlando Magic Daily because I was, I was down there all, all afternoon. Uh, went out to lunch with, with, with my mom and my sister. We literally leave the lunch lunch place. I had my glasses on. I, I I had my glasses with me. I were rounding the corner to head back to the Performing Arts Center to just to just take in all the festivities. And I look up and there's the sun. You know, in this dark. You know, the, the glasses make everything very dark. Uh, but there's this yellow glowing thing that's the sun, and there's like a little bit of piece bitten off of it, and that's the moon. And it is just the the coolest thing in the world. Uh, it was really cool uh, when we got our full coverage. Uh, we didn't get totality in Orlando. That's not coming until 2045 or 2044 or something like that. Um, but it, it, we didn't get totality, but it definitely got a lot cooler. It wasn't as hot and humid as it usually is at two two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, the the sun was almost completely covered. Um, definitely got a little bit darker. It was it was very very cool. Um, very happy to have taken part in the Great American Eclipse on Monday. I hope everyone else got the opportunity to do so. As well, and since it is a uh, uh, an uplifting day, it was a good day to be out in the community. A good day to be outside. I got somehow got too much sun watching the eclipse. That I guess that's that that that's the greatest irony of it all. Uh, but it's it's an uplifting day. So let's talk about today. Why we have why we should be optimistic about the twenty eighteen season, and I've got a few reasons why this year it could be a very good one for the Orlando Magic. But before we dive into that, let's take care of some breaking news. It broke over the weekend. Half of this became official on Monday. The Orlando Magic have signed their first two-way contract. As some of you probably know, because I've talked about it here, uh, the NBA is now allowing two extra roster spots for what are called two-way contracts. Essentially, these are contracts where the player is going to spend the majority of the year in the G League, which is the former D-League, in the G-League and the minor leagues, uh, and can be called up for, uh, as an extra player without giving up a roster spot uh, at any point during the season for a maximum of 45 days. Uh, so, and actually, uh, I thought the, the Magic Press release made a really interesting distinction. It's a maximum of 45 days after training camp starts or before the end of the season. So, theoretically, this means that if the the Lakeland season ends without going to the playoffs, you can keep that player on your roster without it counting toward the forty five days. So I think that'll be an interesting part of this experiment as well. And of course, this of means that uh, since training camp for G League does not start until after the NBA preseason ends, this does mean that this player that all the two way players will be eligible to be in training camp with their NBA teams. So the Magic made their first two way contract signing ever and signing former Michigan State Spartan forward, former Minnesota Timberwolves forward, and, and former Atlanta Hawks draftee Adrian Payne. Adrian Payne is very much the kind of player that uh, that, that Jeff Weltman has talked about a lot uh, and and has targeted in a lot of his uh, signings so far. He's versatile. He's a good defender. I don't think it's a it's, it's, uh, coincidence that he's chasing a Michigan State guy. Uh, but Payne is a guy who is—he—he's a tweener. Uh, essentially, Payne was the guy who replaced Draymond Green at Michigan State. That's—that's that's very much how I remember him, remember him. Uh, he was uh, a three-four, probably plays more four than three. He's not as much of a shooter or scorer as Green was, but he's a tough guy, tough defender, good rebounder. Um, at least at the college level, he has not really found his footing. As a pro, he's played three seasons uh, or two seasons in the NBA now. He spent a good chunk of last year in China with Guangdong, ended up finishing the year with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's appeared in 102 total games in the NBA, averaging four points per game for his career. Not a lot to say about him from an NBA standpoint. He's played. He's had some stints in the D-League, including with the Erie Bayhawks while they were a Magic affiliate. Uh, and so he's just... a. a A really interesting player and someone that uh, clearly has some skill. I mean, I think he's got to develop his jumper. He's got to become a little bit more of a versatile offensive player so that he can be that 3-4 that everyone kind of wants him to be. Because again, this guy literally took the Draymond Green role after Draymond Green left Michigan State. And he did well. I mean, Adrian Payne was a very solid player for the Spartans uh, in his time at Michigan State. Of course that's not going to do things all by itself. I don't think that that's enough on its own to get him to the NBA. He's kind of one of those players that everyone agrees has NBA talent but has been on the fringes of the NBA for his entire professional career. So he's got to prove himself, and this two-way contract is a great way to do that. He did the China game. He actually left a lot of money on the table to take this two-way contract, he's chasing his NBA dream, and so we'll see what he can do and just how much of an impact he can play. Again, I think most of us sense that there is a huge logjam with the Magic at the at, in the post. They got a lot of centers on their roster already. The suspicion going around uh, my circles, or, or my suspicion at the very least, is that the Magic intend to use their second two-way slot on Kem Birch after they cut him from training camp. Um, they might keep Burch on the roster as a third center. Payne plays more power forward, so he would back up Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac essentially uh, at the four. But again, you kind of see the kind of type of power forward they like. They like guys who can play the perimeter, can guard the perimeter, which Payne certainly can do. So interesting signing for sure. I think we'll get a better look at him when we get to training camp. I think we'll get a better look at it, look at him with Lakeland uh, as things continue. The other bit of news that I think we should address or at least discuss a little bit here on the show is that the Magic are also pretty close to signing, or at least reportedly are close to signing, another player who is likely just a training camp invite and is going to end up playing uh, for the Lakeland Magic this year and not on a two-way contract. Our good pal Keith Smith of Real GM, who's been a guest on this show, uh, reports that the Magic have signed guard Troy Calpain out of Cincinnati to a training camp deal. Likely, again, he's going to play the season with the Lakeland Magic. I really liked him at Cincinnati. He's kind of a a bigger guard at 6'3", but very, very speedy. Um, Showed some nice skills with the Bearcats. Uh, Had a little bit of a down senior year, though. Only averaged 10.5 points and 4.4 assists per game. Uh, Can play a little bit off the ball. He's he's been an inconsistent shooter, but shot 40.8% from beyond the arc as a sophomore, um, but worse than 35% in his last two years, I think, as his usage went up, uh, he became a little less efficient, which is probably why he didn't get drafted and why he's going the, the G League route. But I really liked him at Cincinnati. I, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with the American Conference, having followed UCF the last couple years. Um, he is definitely an impressive point guard to me. Don't know if he's an NBA player, but you give him a shot in training camp, you get him on the G League roster, see what you can do, um, as, as I think we all kind of sense. Uh, in the G League, it is important to have solid point guard play, and so I think Cal Payne is, is a good little investment for the team on that front. So the Magic are beginning to form their training camp roster. Um, they are beginning to form their G League roster. They've used one of their two-way slots now officially, uh, as that as the uh, Adrian Payne signing was announced on Monday. I don't think we'll hear about Cal Payne until the day of training camp. That's when you hear about the training camp invitees more officially but it seems like the Magic are beginning to to piece together what their training camp roster is going to be like. Uh, as uh, as you hear all throughout the league, usually around Labor Day is when players start to trickle back into town. They'll run open gyms. That's where a guy like I think Calpain really becomes important. Um, you just to, just to make sure there's enough enough player enough players and bodies in town to run a full full court game. Uh, but and, and, and if you listen to Amin El-Hassan on uh, the basketball analogy, uh, which I hope is still running. I, I haven't been following that as closely as I should have. But, um, it, you know, usually they'll sign some some players, some some good players off the street to, to help out with those or, or, or bring in guys to, to play with those players as they're getting ready and ramping up their preparation for the season. So we're getting close to that point. We're not quite there yet, still a few weeks off from Labor Day. But we are getting closer to that point where... Uh, where it's, it's time. It's time to get going and get ready for the NBA season. Napa no It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores, while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. And with that thought about getting ready for the NBA season, we've we've had some discussion here. I mean, yesterday I talked a little bit about the, the expectations that the team is facing and, and the expectations that are being posed upon it from the outside. I'm sure on this podcast I've talked about the expectation or the the expectations or, or what's it, what the stakes are for the season. I'll probably I'll, I'll I'll review a little bit of that at the end of the show. I don't think I need to dive uh, again into to too much detail about it. But you know, as we get closer and closer to the season, it it, it is time to think a little bit about how this team is going to look and how this team is going to get put together. And you know, I want to believe I'm an optimist. You know, I'm, I'm I I want to say I'm a realist and a pragmatist more than anything else, but I you know I I've kind of told people when, when when they ask me when I'm walking around people know I I cover the magic. They ask me what do what do you think about this team, and I like to say I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Magic are going to win 41 games and make the playoffs. I, I I'm not there yet, but I see that perfectly within the realm of possibility. I think this team. If everything falls into place right, is very capable of making the playoffs and, and being not necessarily a team that that fights for home court advantage. Sorry, Aaron, follow. I'm not. I'm not with you on that boat yet. Although I'm glad you believe that. Uh, I, I'm someone that does believe the Magic can be a factor in the playoff race, and, and and I think it's very possible, even in a reasonable world, that they're playing meaningful games down to the last couple of weeks that they're. In that 34, 35 win range, and if the playoffs are 38, which is where I think the number is going to come down, I think it's going to be 38 or 39 wins gets you into the playoffs. If you're at 35 wins, you're three games out of the playoff spot. So that, to me, that is staying in the race pretty deep into the season, uh, you know, until the last two weeks of the season. So, what reasons do we have to believe that 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 universe exists? What reasons are there? You know, I think the first place to start is with error, is is with how the Magic finished last season. I've talked about it on the show several times. I, I pointed out as many times as I can as a reason to be hopeful and optimistic about this team. That they finished the year better than their record indicated. Last and, and, and I and I, I use it also I use that also as a negative to say, okay, that the, the, the team was was good. Played better to the eye, but they still didn't win games. They were still 8-16. and 16. This is the positive. This is the optimist view. And, 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 and if you didn't read it up on Orlando Pinstripe Post, Corey Hudson did a great job painting both the optimistic picture and the pessimistic pitch, picture for the Magic. Um, I think both articles are really compelling and good and, and kind of distill some of these arguments. But essentially, the argument goes here that the Magic were better at the end of last season than their record indicated. The problem with that team really wasn't how it was composed or how the key players were composed, but how um, how the bench played, essentially. Because the Magic starting lineup, Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, had a positive 1.4 net rating, a plus 1.4 net rating, in about 410 minutes. That group, after the All-Star break, this is all after the All-Star break, obviously, with Terrence Ross, that group outscored opponents by 1.4 points per 100 possessions and, perhaps even more impressively, scored 112 points per 100 possessions. That's all to say, and, and we'll ignore that defensive issue for now. That's all to say, this team played like an above 500 team. If net rating, the difference between points per 100 possessions... From points allowed per 100 possessions is a true measurement of whether a lineup works or whether or how effective a lineup can be. That lineup played like a playoff team, like an above 500 team. The problem was the bench was a complete disaster. You know, how, whoever you want to blame, bench was a complete disaster. And the Magic this summer essentially went to remake their entire bench. You look at their bench unit now, Shelvin Mack is new. Aaron Aflalo is new. Uh, Jonathan Simmons is new. Jonathan Isaac is new. The only guy that remains from last year's bench unit is Bismack Biombo. Some might argue that's because of his contract, but I, I still think Bismack Biombo can be an effective player. And so this is all to say if you have a competent bench, if you have a bench that can actually produce, and you know, Simmons is a player that a lot of people think can step up and take on a larger role. Aaron Aflalo is a solid contributor. Uh, Isaac is obviously the prized rookie and I think there's a lot of expectation that he'll take a big step and, and be a big big contributor in some way. You got Mario Jasonia still hanging out in the background. You still got DJ Augustin hanging somewhere out in the background. Ken Birch is a guy that at least our Zach Palmer at AtlantaMagicDaily.com likes a lot and and I think there's that we'll see him get some some meaningful minutes too. It it as as we talked about in that podcast a few weeks ago it feels like the Magic are a much deeper team, uh, and it feels like they can uh, play with just about anybody. And maybe you mix in some starters in there too. You you, you spread the lineups out. Uh, you know, I think I don't think we'll see the same starting five all year long. You know, maybe you move Simmons into the starting lineup and bring Ross off the bench to add some extra offensive punch to that unit. Who knows? But it does feel like there was something in that starting lineup and by improving the bench, you're boosting that starting lineup and giving them a chance to win games. And I think that is a sign of optimism. On top of all this, the Magic also have the the benefit, a benefit they haven't had in a very long time, of playing under the same coach for consecutive years. Consider this, and this is a point I'm sure I've brought up plenty of times on this podcast. Evan Fournier, the Magic's leading scorer, has developed and grown better than I think the Magic even hoped when they acquired him. I think actually Evan Fournier was better than they expected, and that made their Victor Oladipo calculations much different. But Evan Fournier has never played under the same coach for consecutive years. When he was a rookie, he played under George Carl. George Karl got fired. Second year, he played under Brian Shaw. Then he gets traded to Orlando, plays under Jacques Vaughn. Then Vaughn gets fired, plays under James Borrego. Scott Skiles is hired, plays under Skiles. Skiles, is, Skiles resigns, plays under Frank Vogel. This year will be the first time he's played under the same coach for consecutive years. Same goes for Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton, whom the Magic acquired uh, on draft night when they acquired Evan Fournier. It's been a long time since this franchise has had stability at the top, has had that continuity in system terminology, expectations, coming into camp knowing what's expected of you, you know, even with all this pressure, and there is, I think there is some pressure with new management trying to prove yourself to new management. But meeting that pressure, I think becomes a lot easier knowing what the coaching staff wants knowing what we're running and, and being able to a, share that with new guys during those important September Open gyms, that gives the team a head start. A head start that they haven't had before. Everything was new. Time in camp had to be given to to teaching something entirely new to everybody. That's for consecutive years now. Three consecutive years. Two Well, two consecutive years, but... Now there's a, a core group of players who know what's going on, and if a player is stuck on something, they can help. They can reinforce what the coach is teaching, and that should theoretically, uh, you know, logically, that would seem to to add to some buy-in. That would seem to make the players buy in more. Uh, it it it. I think it's a really powerful tool. I, Frank Vogel's talked talked about it a lot toward the end of the season that. That continuity is going to be really key for the team. A lot of players talked about it too, actually, and so I think that that there will be an effect that the Magic will be. You know, I I I think I said this after the season ended. Just by bringing Frank Vogel back, I think the Magic improved by two or three wins. I uh, you know I I think the effect is that much, and and I think very highly of Frank Vogel as a coach. I know this is a flawed roster still, but Frank Vogel is a good coach. Now he has a summer where he knows his players. Not only not only do the players know him. He knows his players. He knows what didn't work, what will work, and he can devise a whole offseason strategy and an early training camp strategy to emphasize the players on his roster. That's a huge benefit, because remember, they had to shift midstream. Like I think part of the team's defensive problems last year after the All-Star break was the fact that the Magic couldn't practice their defense. They couldn't get the fine point, finer points down, and they were just kind of playing on the fly. That's not how you play an effective defense. I think that the Magic will be able to play a much more effective defense this year. Or they'll they'll improve defensively. I don't know if they'll be top 10 again. But they'll be able to play a much more effective defense and really a much more effective offense too because of that continuity. So I think that's something to look out for. Another reason why I think that, that there is reason to be optimist, optimistic about the Magic is just how many players played so poorly for the Magic last year there's going to be some progression back to the mean. You know, we talk about regression to the mean when a player overplays how good he actually is. There's also, I think, progression to the mean where a player bounces back from a bad season. I think we'll see that from Bismack Biombo. I think we'll see that from Nikola Vucevic who offensively really struggled, especially with Serge Ibaka on the floor with him. I think Evan Fournier will... Uh, I think the Magic will do a better job getting Evan Fournier the kind of looks that made him such an efficient player a few years ago. Um, it's it's def. I think there's definitely room for that kind of improvement. I think uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, well, you know, Aaron Gordon's a reason to be optimistic too. But Aaron Gordon, I think playing power forward more often, we saw what he could do, and it was a lot better. Now he's going to do that all year. Uh, You know, Another reason to be optimistic is, of course, Aaron Gordon having a healthy summer. If he can stay healthy this summer, we've never seen him take the leap because he's never been able to. He's always had some type of injury knock him out just as he was building momentum toward the season. He broke his jaw after his rookie year, missed most of training camp his second season. He uh, had a, a really nasty sprained ankle last season, missed most of training camp, missed half of training camp he can get into training camp if he can do those open gyms there's a real I think there's a real chance Aaron Gordon takes a leap I'm not going to say he's going to take the star leap but this is the year Aaron Gordon's got to prove something I think there's a really good chance that that he does and and if he does it's going to be because he takes uh he's able to stay health healthy and take the kind of leap that the magic so desperately need as you can see there are definitely some concerns. I I, I don't want to overlook them, but we're trying to be positive t- today. There are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this Magic team. There is a lot of reason to believe the Magic can take a little bit of a step forward. Um, you know the the ESPN pro- projections are not you know fully invested in this, but you're you're seeing projections about the Magic saying yeah they're a better team. They're 32 win team. That's that's three wins better than the previous year. It's probably not enough to satisfy Magic fans. It's probably not enough to for management to say, oh, yeah, we'll invest in this group. We think they'll continue to get better. But it is improvement. And I don't think we should ever discount improvement. It is moving in the right direction. Um, you obviously want to see them take bigger steps forward. And and as, at a certain point, you've got to take that big step forward. That was the problem with the last rebuild. But there are plenty of reasons to believe that this Magic team can uh, make some of those steps forward uh, and, and be a better team than a lot of people expect. Again, I think, you know, I, I, I'm not settled on my win projections quite yet, but I, I think I'm settling into like the 32 to 36 range for this team. I think a 35-win season for the Magic this year is reasonable expectation, is a reasonable expectation for them to hit. Um, and, and I and I think that this this is very capable 35-win team. I think that it, it's a little bit similar to that, uh, Scott Skiles' team that won that 35 games as well. And it wouldn't surprise me if they play a little bit better. It wouldn't surprise me if they play worse. I mean, I think this, this season could also collapse like last year's season did. Um, but I think that reasonable expectations would say that the Magic are a better team this year than they were last year. How much better is, is definitely the question. Which kind of brings me back to that overarching point. You know, I, I said it, it's just as reasonable to me to see this Magic team get to that 37, 38, 39 win mark and compete for playoffs as it is that they fall down to, like, as, if, as it is that they stay at 29 wins or do even worse. There are some problems with this team. There are some fundamental problems with this team. And as I've said, I don't think it's important to focus on that. Or not entirely, at least. The way I would describe this season for the Orlando Magic is it's it's one that's evaluative. Jeff Weltman and the new management group is entering this season, is coming into this this season. They knew that they had kind of a difficult hand, hand to deal with. They didn't have the ability to go out and get free agents, and, and they weren't going to go tie up long-term money in trades. So... They kind of decided very much with the information that we had that, yeah, there was something in that starting lineup. They played a little bit better. The coach seems to have confidence in this group. Let's let it ride a little bit. We'll be opportunistic. We'll look for opportunities, but we're not going to push the issue. We can afford to let things roll another year. And the reason for that is because everything goes into the evaluation of the team. Magic play well and make the playoffs, That's fantastic. That means their players have some value. We can make some moves to maybe get better. Fans are happy that we make the playoffs, so on and so forth. The team struggles back to 29, 27, 28 win range. You you get a high lottery pick in a draft that is loaded at the top. And you know which guys aren't going to be worth your time or aren't going to fit the ultimate final puzzle. That's really what this season's about for the front office, is making those evaluations. But if I'm Frank Vogel, I don't care about that. If I'm Aaron Aflalo, I don't care about that. If I'm anyone on this team, I don't care about that. Because ultimately for the team and for the individuals, and and I even would say ultimately for the Magic, to get the value that they want out of these players to make those improvements that, that fans want to see, Stating that the playoffs are a goal, I'm not saying walk out to center court and promise the playoffs, but talking openly about saying this is a playoff team, we believe we can make the playoffs, is absolutely important. I know I talked a little bit about this yesterday, but I think it bears repeating. When you are a competitor on a team, it does not matter if everyone thinks you're going to tank. I'm sure Atlanta Hawks... No, I'm sure the Atlanta Hawks right now know, the management knows, that team is probably not going to win games. And they know that in all likelihood they'll be taking a high draft pick next year. But if I'm Dennis Schroeder, if I'm Mike Budenholzer, if I'm Dwayne Denman or whoever else they have on that team, that's not my thought. My thought is, yeah, I think we can make the playoffs. I'm going to go out there and try and win games. You know, maybe I'm naive about this, but to me, tanking doesn't really happen early in the season. Teams are just better or worse. And if the bad teams fall to the bottom, and that's when some strategic decisions are made about playing younger players or resting guys at certain times and, and, and all that, or keeping guys out who might be a little banged up, That comes later. At this point in late August, what matters more, everyone believes that they can make the playoffs. Remember, we talked about this last week. The Hard and Hustle team, no one thought they'd win 20 games. That team was devoid of talent, devoid of top end talent. They won 41 games and nearly made the playoffs. And so right now is the time to be optimistic. If you can't see the silver linings and believe in what this team is doing, or believe that if this works out or this thing comes together, this team can make the playoffs. If you're not believing that now, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I could I could bring on the Hawks, the locked on Hawks guys here. And talk to them about that, and, and ask them, you know, what what do you believe about this team? And and the logic will tell you, yeah, that the team's not going to be very good. But they'd all probably also say, like, I don't want the team to think that until until it's clear that it, it's not going to be very good. And I, I would venture to guess Mike Budenholzer is not the kind of coach that will check out early, or will set, or will pack in a season before it even begins. Even if that's what management wants them to do. So this, you know, from from the front office standpoint, yes, for the Magic, this is a no lose season. They learn something either way, and they spend you know spend out another year off off of some bad contracts, and they can begin to to continue reforming and shaping this team the way they want it to look. For the players on this team, it is vitally important that they win. Think about it for Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon, who are getting paid. They're restricted free agents next summer. Think about it for Aaron Afalo and Maurice Spates, who are trying to t- save their careers. They're on minimum contracts. It's, that's close to when you're done with your career. Think about it for a guy like Nikola Vucevic, who's coming up on his new contract pretty soon and is t- trying to create some value for himself. Think about it for Bismack, Biyombo and Evan Fournier, trying to live up to their deals. Think about it for Shelvin Mack, who's on an essentially a one-year deal with a non-guaranteed second deal, second year. Think about it for Jonathan Simmons, who has had to scrape his way into the NBA. He's still trying to prove himself. There's a lot for these guys to play for and a lot for themselves to play for, but ultimately their team success is going to determine whether they make individual success. And Frank Vogel knows that too. And Frank Vogel is not one... To believe in tanking. I mean, he said it at the end of the last season. He believes in car, he believes in basketball karma. And as long as there's something to play for, he wants his team to play for it. And that's what the Magic are going to do as they approach this season. And they should absolutely have the goal of making the playoffs. I know how good the top of this draft is. And I know that it's very likely that the Magic are going to be. It's just it's just as likely they make the playoffs as it, as it is that they'll be hunting for one of those top picks. But right now, in late August, you're oh and oh, and everything is in front of you. And if you can't talk about the playoffs right now, there's no point that you can talk about the playoffs because you've already given up. And today is all about optimism, so be optimistic about it, about everything. Let's let's just be optimistic today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, can follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And be sure to subscribe, if you have not already, to Locked on Magic at uh, at Locked on Magic on iTunes, Boom, Stitcher, and TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd That's philip, O M D. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs,